0: Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. We are live. I hope. I think we've got this worked out. We're going to open the phone lines right now. In fact, calls are already starting to come in. So if you want to get in with a call, a question, a comment, a topic, the number to join us, 855-950-3835. If you're listening on the app, you should see a a button somewhere right there, maybe with a phone number. And if you click on it, it will just dial directly into the show. So um, this is still not our final technology. We're still working out some issues, but we want to make sure we are live every day while we work through it. And today is... Uh, today, what did we call the show? Why can't I remember trucking technology and efficiency? I like the name. I just can't seem to remember it for some reason. So I've got John and Joel with me. We used to call it fuel mileage Friday, but we're expanding now. Uh, and we have lots of great, um, great ideas for this show and others. So let me, uh, let me see about bringing John and Joel in, uh, Guys, I forgot to mark the board. Who just heard a beep? Uh, I just heard a beep, Kevin. It's John, that's you then, John. Welcome. Hey, good
1: to be here. Uh, good yeah, we're working out the new format. So, I, I may be on the fence about no commercials. well, how do I go to the bathroom? Like that—that that, that was that was
0: my my concern. You, you just have to ask <laughs> Joel a question, and that usually <laughs> gives you fifteen or twenty minutes, and you'll be all set. Nobody will even know you're gone. Let let him roll with that. That'll be good. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So everybody's going to know when you and I ask Joel something, we're probably going to the bathroom. You got something to do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right.
2: <laughs> so, and it's going to be fun, yeah. A
0: really. Yeah, really I like you know. it. We have a, a, a lot more flexibility and, uh, yeah. you know, the, the idea of you two being able to go live on your own if you want, I think that's going to be awesome. Um, or do recorded shows, too. You know, we'll right. be, yeah. we're, we're going to set up our host to do live when, if they want to, to do recorded, and then we post it. So, um, we're, we're really looking forward to this. I, I, you know, it sucked. There's no way around it. I'm still struggling with everything that's happened, but ultimately, I think it's going to turn out to be a really good thing.
1: Well, I, there's going to be opportunity to grow it into a podcast or something where you don't have the restrictions, you know, that you had with, with, uh, Series
0: XM. Yeah, we're going to be able to create a lot more content, which is the thing. You know, right. i on serious. even though 15 hours a week sounds like a lot, um, it just wasn't enough. I mean, I kept, where can I squeeze in another segment? Where can we do this? And it, it, here's the other thing I love. If I had to say there's one problem with doing a radio show the way we do it, is that you never please everybody ever, and they're very vocal about what they're not happy about. If you talk about politics one more time, I'm done. If you talk about fuel mileage one more time, I want to hear about health. No, I want to hear about this. No, we need more of that. <laughs> okay. So now, now, now it's, it's just a click. So, yeah. Yeah. Now you pick and choose. Each, each segment becomes its own show and you can choose what you want to describe to or subscribe to, what you want to listen to. I On this show, the, the call in, I, I'm going to do very few opens and commentary this is all about the callers what do you want to talk about you want to hear my commentary that'll be someplace else fantastic yeah it's going to be good really good yeah. I, like
1: you were saying about the goal and i could do something he and i we could just start recording our phone conversations we had a good one yesterday talking about suspension and um i use things on race cars called bump rubbers and he's got this idea for uh for a rubber elastomer thing to work into his lift axle and you know how could we engineer that in, and you know explain to them how I use them. You know, it, you know, just to basically bump stops on your suspension that they, they, they would hold my car up when under high aero loads. So you know, if, if I ran the car stiff enough to keep it off the ground on the straights, it would would handle very well in the turns or take a bump ever. So I, I use these things that it gets to in certain parts of the travel. Well, Told's got a similar idea for the back of his truck. <laughs> you, know, it's, oh. you know, so yeah, so. Well, oh. you know, But, uh, you know, we can, you know, we'll we'll get on the phone
0: and brainstorm about such things. And, yeah, maybe we'll just do that on a show. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You guys should record your phone calls and post them. (laughs) (laughs) I'll go listen. I'm sure I'll learn something.
1: Yeah, it's fun. It could be really fun. Yep. Yeah.
0: uh, I,
1: I had a few things for our, for our listeners, uh, definitely truck related. No, no point in getting in the weeds uh, today. And, and with the new name, I, my only my only I say complaint with the new name is whenever we go total freeform and get away from the subject matter. Uh, but you know that'll happen once in a while. Uh, yeah. My my friend who who works for Packard and his his job is after sales, is taking care of customers after you know purchases. And those customers might be fleets who buy thousands of trucks, not just 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 uh, owner operators, right? Um, they're seeing some problems with injectors mm-hmm. and supply issues with the injectors. So if we've got some some guys out there running you know pack car engines, you need to look into uh, some stuff that I talked to Joel about. Again, one of my conversations with Joel is they've got an issue with
3: sodium content and fuel, which is not regulated in the United States,
1: and the Bosch Common Rail injector that they use is pretty precise and it's struggling with the carboxylates that are created uh during the high pressure and the heat there that are hurting injectors and i know joel said he's worked really hard on some additives with hot shot and primrose together to to solve that so if we've got some guys out there running running pack cars we need to you need to look at treating your fuel for the carboxylates and it's
0: it's a serious issue they're having a lot of problems with it Interesting. Uh yep. well it's awesome that we're we're on it. We can help people with that then.
1: Yep. So but yeah, someone
0: might reach out to Joel and tell him which product it that is that,
1: that that covers that. I know he's got it, it's got it solved for his Um but that's got something it. our guys ought, ought to be aware of. And right now an injector could have you down for a while because they're they're having a supply chain issue
3: with those. Uh
0: ooh, hold on one sec. You know what? I, I wanna bring Joel in and make sure we can do this all together. We've got calls coming in already, so uh, let's see. Joel, is that you? Yeah,
2: bathroom boy is here. All
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> see how we figured that out really quick? Not like, I'm never going to be able to go to the bathroom again. Like, oh, no, just, just ask Joel if question. Just get Joel Yeah,
2: we'll be good. So
0: oh boy (laughs) yeah ask him something technical and you've got all kinds of time (laughs) (laughs) there you go yeah so uh great to have you here i'm excited about this it looks like uh, this would have been a little easier to get the technology up and running if i wasn't on the road in the coach with none of my equipment here no cables luckily Believe this, this this is crazy. I'm sitting in an RV park in Indiana somewhere uh, out in the woods. Yesterday, I I, I needed some audio equipment. So I'm like, gosh, should I Uber over to Best Buy? I wonder if I could get something delivered. So I go into Instacart where I normally order groceries. And sure enough, Best Buy is in there. I'm like, oh, let me try this. (laughs) So it it said it was going to, I would have gotten the stuff at like, shoot between two and four in the afternoon and it was like 10 o'clock in the morning and I thought well it's not going to be here in time for the show but I'm going to order it and I'll have it late I ordered it like an hour and 15 minutes later my stuff showed up from Best Buy wow nice yeah pretty crazy that's amazing yeah yeah, so it, being on the road, we're not going to get everything perfect, but you know what? We've got a live stream up. The phone system seems to be working, and uh, we're just going to stay on the air every day.
2: Awesome. Yeah, I feel your pain as far as being on the road. I'm I'm struggling this morning to get out of the house and get the truck and get everything rolling here. So, yeah, I get it, man. It, sometimes it gets a little hectic to try to get on the air, but um love being here i think this has a lot of potential and upside because we can really kind of drill down into you know separate separate types of engines you know do do a do a show maybe for a commons do a show for a volvo do a show for a caterpillar you know whatever and and actually take some time and and really explain the stuff in detail for for the people that are interested i think it it has a lot of upside to it no doubt you know
0: Absolutely. And here's another big advantage. When we do shows like that, you know, here's a specific show on specking this truck. We can go as long as we want, make sure we get it all covered, and then that show exists in our library forever. Yeah, that's a big you know, deal. I, yeah, that's it, that's a real big deal,
2: being able to do that so people can – because a lot of this stuff, you are not going to pick it up in in a 15-minute – You know, explanation, you're going to have to listen to it two or three times to truly understand what's going on, no doubt.
0: Yeah. And the best we could do on Sirius was the show might have been available for 10 days. Big deal. You know, now Aaron's already working out a really cool organizational system to create playlists, so in the app, if you wanna, I mean, we could create a playlist on how to spec every platform, and you go into that playlist and you'll pick. Okay, I want to spec, a, you know, a, a Volvo with an ISX or a Volvo with a Volvo, and and you'll be we'll be able to categorize shows like that. People can go find them.
2: Yeah, that would be awesome. Definitely. Yeah.
0: So uh, here's something else, John. I know you were worried about your bathroom breaks, but. He, Breaks are always a hassle for me. I mean, it's always an (laughs) interruption in the flow. But the one thing I noticed was the breaks are worse on this segment, this show, than any others. And here's what I figured out why. Each segment on Sirius was like 12 minutes long or something. Well, if I start talking, I can't finish my thought in 12 minutes on this kind of stuff. So I'm talking and we get to a break. Well, when we come back, I want to finish. If I give it to you... You can't get your ideas out in 12 minutes either, and neither can John. So all of us run into the break issue, and we never get to finish our thoughts.
1: Well, and our our callers were really shorted by that as well. I mean, I don't know how many times we just peeped where we couldn't. And and the breaks seem to have been getting longer. Again, like I said, I don't mind. I I try to drink four four liters of water a day, so that's why I I mentioned the bathroom break thing. But I – so – but I really think that they the brakes seem to be creeping up. I don't know if they're selling more ad time on your on your show or not or what the deal was or how any of that works i, I know nothing of the business of it, but it just seems that they were becoming more more intrusive than they once were like when I first started while I was at Pittsburgh Power on the power hour, it didn't seem to be that much It didn't seem to be that they you, were cutting in that much
0: you're You're a very astute observer of what's going on. They actually extended the break times a couple of months ago.
1: Right, yeah, I felt that happening, for sure. And I see it throughout all media. Um, I guess advertising is cheap and they're just selling more of it, so you're getting less and less content in so many different things. Um, it's, 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 it's amazing, but I just really think you know, there are so many channels and so much content out there with everything under the sun that you stream or do whatever. So every channel seems to be loaded with really low-quality commercials nowadays. You know, it's, it's, it's just too much.
0: Yeah, you know, so everybody knows our our goal, our mission here is to do all of our shows with no breaks in the middle of the show, no commercials. If we do any kind of advertising at all, we may need to do some. It will be at the beginning and the end of a show. So, you know, as you're logging in and you, you might hear an ad, you might hear an ad as I end the show. Um, our goal, though, is not to put any breaks in between. So for us, it's just going to be all content all the time.
3: That's
1: fantastic. Uh, you know, it's for our listeners. I, I don't, I, I don't know why I need to do this, but that email that got sent to us a few weeks ago, um, you know, by, by by our friend, you know, accused you of making money off of Volvo or something. All right, so so Joel's got a relationship with Volvo and he's got a reason to do that. Maybe they slide him a truck once in a while, but he buys 120 other ones. I don't even know if they do that for you. I'm just 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 speculating, or just. just I make nothing from this. I have nothing to sell. I don't have a shop that I'm affiliated with anymore. I don't have anything to, to show. I just want to help people. I enjoy it. I like sharing the knowledge. I I love being able to add why something that you do to your truck might work based upon me finding out in the competition atmosphere. Right? So I, I could prove it. I got a stopwatch on things. We make changes. We do stuff. I know it works. It's very similar to what you do with your truck. And it, yeah. it, it's just it's just vehicle dynamics and physics, and it works the same way. So, and I just enjoy doing it. Uh, yeah, I'm you know, here because I like it.
2: Yeah, yeah along those lines. Um, so my relationship with Volvo kind of works this way. Um, if they have pre-production stuff that they want to get feedback on, I will get pre-production stuff for free. It, it's not out on the market. There's no way that I could afford to say, hey, build me something, you know, hand-built, you know what I mean? It's just not going to happen. Right. So when they have some pre-production stuff they want to test, they'll send that stuff to me for uh, for free, and, you know, I'll run it around and test it. I've got several units in my fleet that the public hears nothing about, um, you know, running stuff that maybe it's a shock absorber, maybe it's a, it's a parabolic spring, you know, that's not real interesting to anybody. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a lot of stuff like that that goes on. Also, when you do pre-production stuff, you have to have emissions waivers and stuff. Um, even though they may be cleaner, um, they, they may perform to a higher level. The, uh, the EPA requires, I have to carry this, this three ring binder around with all these waivers for, for individual states and for the EPA and stuff when I have a pre-production unit that I'm running out on the road I could never go through that legal mumble jumble by myself I couldn't afford to do that type of stuff right. so so yeah I do get some support from Volvo on occasion um it it's not it's nothing that I can live on I can tell you that um, I have started <laughs> to do some work training with um the Volvo dealers um and, and that, that gives me a little more steady income from Volvo themselves but they're you know they're paying me to actually train dealers. Um I don't get paid anything from marketing. Zero. Um right. I, I don't even really, you know, interact with the marketing department all that much. What I'm laying out there are things that I have observed and people can look at this and say, Yeah, that's for me or no, that guy's crazy and that's fine. Um, I, you know, I'm just putting out experience that I have gained and learned over the years um, because I am in a kind of a unique situation with the with the uh, pre-production testing and production testing that I do. Um, the other thing that we, we hear all this is we, we heard reference to a fleet engineer and let me explain something about fleet engineers as i understand this and kevin you were spot on when you had mentioned that most of the time a fleet do not employ engineers uh some of the bigger ones do mesia valley is a great example um they they have actually they have their own testing facility where they do some very very high quality work and testing for fuel efficiency and you can take a product down there and they charge you X amount. And Daryl Baer, I think, runs that operation. John, I think you know Daryl.
0: Um, you
1: know, Daryl comes from the same world I do. He's exactly, yeah. he's a parallel.
0: He He's
1: he's actually gone a little farther in motorsport. Well, I might be catching up to him now. But uh, it, it's, you know, he has uh, done exactly the same thing, been in the same fights I've been in metaphorically, you know, trying to find that tenth of a second. And he started a, a business of his own and went to messiah as a, as a testing company to try and, again, prove out some things that they were trying to do. And they hired him on the spot or maybe not on the spot but pretty quickly. And, you know, he's made them millions of dollars. I mean, he's, he's, he's basically race-engineered their trucks and he's, he's been great for that company and that's why they have the efficiency that they have.
2: Yeah, so, so Daryl uh, does very very good work that's open to the public and there is also another organization out there called Naxi. And NAXI is a group of OEM engineers and fleet engineers that all come together and they review work that people do and they test things and they put up the results. I have worked with NAXI for years in regards to fuel efficiency. They have actually reviewed some of the work that I've done on certain fuel efficiency aspects. And the thing that you really have to remember when we start talking about a fleet engineer Once a fleet gets to a certain size, and this applies mostly to the bigger fleets, they're working off economy of scale, not necessarily efficiency. Efficiency starts to take a back seat. The more trucks you get, the harder it becomes to manage. So the harder it is to focus on efficiency, and it's easier to put some bean counters in a room and start to look at the economies of scale. So, if you have an, an engineer that's working for, say, a Schneider or a J.B. Hunt, their mindset's going to be totally different and should be than a guy like me that's, you know, doing stuff with Ploger transportation that has 100 trucks. You know, we're still in, in the efficiency part of it. We are starting to transfer more over to economy of scale. And so, you see this, that's reflected in the spec on our truck. You know, some people are like, well, why are you using that tire or, or why don't you put this on a trailer or why don't you do that? And and we're in that transitional phase. We're big enough now to where Ploger Transportation is really going to start to look at economy of scale versus the the efficiency. And it's kind of why I started my Alpha Drivers Testing and Consulting because I love the efficiency end of it. I, I'm not a bean counter and I'm not going to sit in the office and, and work on economy of scale solutions. <laughs> And right. and so if I can use the knowledge that I've gained over the years to help the individual owner-operator, because their biggest weapon is efficiency. They're never going to have economies of scale. Never. And, you know, this really impacts their bottom line. So, you know, I, I'm happy to share this stuff when I can.
0: Yeah. Hey, I, I just figured out something else about this show, especially if we don't have breaks. While you two are talking, I have to, I have to take notes. It's like, oh, yeah, I want to comment on, oh, wait a minute, I want to comment on that, too. Like, like I, I've got to go back to this comment, Joel. I'm not sure what you're thinking about um, not being interested or interesting. I, I dream about parabolic springs.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, doesn't everybody, right? I, I, I thought so. Yeah, I, I, I I
3: thought
0: so. <laughs> um, so I, one of the things I do want to comment on, because I, I absolutely appreciate you two. Like like you said, there there's not a lot of financial gain in this show really for any of us, but this is my favorite topic and, and having you two on my brain just goes nuts. And so I, I just want to say, I really appreciate the time you guys commit to this show. I, I, I love um, doing it. Um, you know, anytime I
2: can get a chance to help somebody avoid the pitfalls that we struggled with, you know, 20, 30 years ago when, when we got into trucking, and trust me, we fell in every every hole there was to fall in, um, definitely learned the hard way. I, I, You know, I'm happy to do it. I, I know the struggle that owner-operators face. And, you know, one one other quick thing in this regard, you know – If if you took me and and let's use Bruce as an example, you put me and Bruce in a room, we're not going to agree on much. It's just not going to happen. But does that mean I'm right and he's wrong or he's wrong and I'm right? No. It just means there's different approaches out there, and I'm willing to lay out an approach that I've used that works. If if you're interested in it and you want to hear more,
0: you'll listen more. You may go out and try it. I'm not pushing this on anybody. You know, that's a that's a good point. I want to go back and finish the thought before I go to Bruce. Um, what I really hope, and I, I'm pretty sure it's going to work out well, I know that the three of us trying to do an occasional Friday show got frustrating. You know, sometimes we plan on it and one of us could make it and it doesn't feel right or we couldn't do it at all or, oh, we got Broker Connect this week. That's what I meant about the segments. So now I'm really hoping that this is so much easier for you guys, that you can – you know go live sometimes if you want to go do a recording we can if we choose to we can schedule this with all three of us uh on a regular basis so uh I'm excited about that part and and I hope that this is a lot easier for you guys because I know before it was uh, I was kind of a hassle
1: yeah it was tough in mid-race season it still might be tough for me once in a while but you know I can do it from a hotel room at night now you know, if we want to do a pre-recorded or do something uh, that'll, that'll, that'll be great. You know, a little more flexibility there than that hard time slot. And, again, I, I'm, I'm pretty reactive. You know, I'm a, I'm a one-man show entrepreneur, you know, freelance guy. So I, when something's thrown at me work-wise, if someone needs me need to be at a track somewhere to go do a test or something, I'm there. You know, I'm, I, yeah. if I've got a reputation in the business. Is that I'm somebody that you can call last minute, and I'll be on an airplane or I'll be driving or I'll be whatever to get to the track, and I'll, you know, be able to do the job. Um it's something I kinda of pride myself on. So it got a little difficult with the you know, with the definite time slot there. The you no, know, every now and then a few weeks, every other week would work out for me, or then I might get two two in a row that I you know that I, that I couldn't do. Um you know, so that then that would be a whole month, you know, without a show. Yeah. I, I miss it. I miss it when I don't do it. I really I, enjoy it. I, yeah. I really enjoy it.
0: So. Me too, and I I missed not being able to do this segment with you guys, so I'm looking forward to this. So, you know, Joel talking about you know not agreeing with a lot of things with somebody else, but all the points can still be valid. The whole reason the first time Bruce ever ended up on my show was because owner operators who listened to me kept calling Bruce and saying, "Hey, you've got to straighten this guy out. He keeps telling everybody to turn their horsepower down for fuel economy." So the whole thing started with a disagreement or or a difference of opinion about how we did things. And, you know, when you you look at all of us, all four of us coming from different places on the show, you and I probably the most similar, Uh, Bruce coming from a whole different perspective, John, you coming from the race world, but I think what we all agreed on, we all agreed on the physics. You know, this, this is what you have to fix or improve to get better fuel economy. You have to fix or improve aerodynamics. You have to fix or improve drag throughout the entire drive line from the engine all the way to the tires on the ground you have to improve the physical performance of the engine itself and how it burns its fuel we all agree on the physics we've all tried different approaches to improve those conditions and we all come up with different things that work at different times
2: and and i think that's what's great about bringing all of us Together, Because we can lay out different solutions to the same problem. And then, you know, the, the owner operator, the small fleet owner, they can they can kind of listen to each each, you know, data set that we throw out there and say, you know, this applies to me or or I think that this works a little bit better. So, you know, there's no one hardcore solution that's going to solve all the problems that everybody's facing. It's a dynamic industry. Duty cycles are dynamic. There needs to be dynamic solutions to things out there. And I'll guarantee you there is no fleet engineer that rules over the trucking industry like God and he, he waves a magic wand
0: and says it can only be done this way. That doesn't oh, happen. Oh, hey, um, hey Joel, I got. I, mm-hmm. I got to correct you there. That, that's me. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> or some or or some people think that I think that's me. Well, listen, yeah. we we had a
2: we had a pretty good disagreement about wheel bearings and vowable power to start with.
0: And the thing
2: of it was I didn't call up and say, I'm gonna sue you if you say that again I said, Well let's, let's talk about this. You know what I mean? And um, so so ideas changed, opinions changed, um, and all all for the better.
0: So now, you hey. know, there's, there's, there's more options for the listeners to explore here. Here's another great example of this happening right now. Do you think when mm-hmm. we start talking about fuel mileage today, we're probably going to be talking a little differently than we were just a couple of months ago because of fuel price?
2: oh there's there's no doubt about that you know and look fuel prices always are slick cyclical they they run in cycles they always do and you know here's a trigger that's going to that's going to you know change the cycle or the direction of, of fuel efficiency um when fuel prices are cheap everybody looks at me and goes well you're just the stupidest person that ever was why would you do this now you're kind of looking like a genius so it, it you know it is what it is
0: you know,
1: again, when fuel prices are high, that's that's when there's opportunity here. You know, it, it's it's you know I you know I've, I've been to Europe a couple of times and I, I've been to I've been to Japan. I've been, I've been around a little bit and I've seen some things. And you know, fuel prices are so much higher in those places than they are here, and it's forced people to be efficient. You know, they they they've had to be. I mean, it's just it's it's just the way it works. I mean, little diesel cars all over Europe forever because you know it was you know equivalent of six seven bucks a gallon back in the 80s when I was over there in the 90s. You know, it was, it was I forget what it was per liter in England, but it was, honestly, last time I was there was like 96 or 97, and I think it was the equivalent of about $8 a gallon. It was like 2 bucks a liter. Yeah. And, you know, you drove something that got really good fuel mileage then because it was necessary, you know. It was just you just did. It drove the market that direction. So our guys are ahead of the curve, and, and some of us do it for the love. I mean, I, I think to... Yeah, you know, Joel was going, talking about the, you know, the economies of scale and so forth, and is it worth it, is it not worth it? I mean, do you think Steve Crone paid for all the stuff and all the time he's put into his truck to get it to nearly 11 miles per gallon with the fuel savings that he's got? Maybe. I think if you put his thought in hours of whatever, you know, he might be breaking even on it, but it's a challenge. It's something you do. It's, uh, it's you know, uh, he's an efficiency junkie. Um, You know, it'd probably be a really good glider pilot. So it it just, he's, you know, looking for that efficiency. And I do that, too. I track mileage on everything I drive. It drives me crazy. Like, I just try to get, even my, my crappy old Land Rover that's my daily meter that I'm in right now. You know, I've, you know got synthetic fluids in it and I've got all the toe out of the front end and I've got you know so I I've got it up to about seventeen which is really great for one of these things. <laughs> you know, so yeah. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> in, in order, and it goes over two thousand RPM. Uh my, my Cummins RAM, you know, I I'd, I'd love to change the gears in it at some point. It's got it has got uh four tens in it, but slightly taller tires. I keep the up Pi. Driving that thing around town, I get eighteen or nineteen on the highway. I get twenty-two with it. You know, it's but again, that rarely goes over eighteen hundred RPM. So it's it's just something we do. And now in these times, like Joel said, when the fuel is high, it's it's you know, it's money in our pocket. that's not in other people's. You know, it's that simple.
0: Yeah, and and here's the other thing that's happening, and and we always have to look at this together. For the last couple of years, we've had low fuel prices and high rates. Now we're seeing right. high fuel prices, and rates have been dropping every week for the last several weeks, and I I don't see that slowing down. So I think they're yeah yeah they're coming down. Um, and it doesn't look like it's going to stop. Um, So, you know, when, Joel, I I know exactly what you mean. You and I both started working on fuel economy when fuel was 80 cents a gallon, and people thought we were idiots.
2: Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt. It takes
0: a long time to learn this stuff. And, and, you know, right now, if somebody's been running for the last couple years saying, who cares about fuel economy, Uh, rates are high, fuel's low, if you've done nothing up until this point, you're in trouble. I mean, it, it, you can't turn this around overnight. So one thing you can do is slow down, but you know, if you start, it, take somebody who's done no modifications to their truck right now. They start looking at the fuel price and how much it costs them every time they're at the pump. Are they going to go out and invest in fuel saving devices? No, they're gonna panic. That I can't go spend that money, fuel's too high. But, well, that's why you have to spend that money because fuel's so high.
2: But <laughs> that, that's exactly it, right.
0: You're so far behind the curve right now.
2: Right, and when times are good and you're making money, that's when you should be investing your time, your money, your effort into figuring this stuff out. So when times like this hit, you're ready for it. And, you know, we kind of set weight on this stuff and, you know, we're kind of giggling at everybody else now because everybody else is like, oh, what do I do? I've gotten like 25 phone calls in the last week from owner-operators that are set up to run under the model of high rates, low fuel prices. What do I do? I'm going to have to sell my truck. I'm like, well, yeah. dude, I can't help you. I mean, there's exactly. only so much you can do with a brick with 600
0: horsepower. I You know, exactly. what, what do you do with it? Right. Right. All right. So, I'm seeing another very clear pattern here. Um, That is that the three of us are probably going to need to do quite a few recorded shows off the air with no callers because we're <laughs> probably I don't even I don't even feel like we got started yet and you know we've had callers since the very beginning so since we've asked them to call in I'm going to go ahead and go to them but just but just know that I think the three of us will probably do a lot of shows on our own yeah sounds good that
3: would be fine yep yeah.
0: yeah just so we can you know we Pick a topic, we can really stay focused on it. And again, the, the the beauty of being able to do that is that show now exists as a resource forever. If, if we pick a topic, we take all the time we need, we organize it, we say, look, here's how we're going to talk about it. That, that will become such a great resource for people. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. <laughs> all right. So with that. With, let's just let's get to some calls and uh we'll look forward to being able to do that now. So let's uh let's get started in Ohio. Herschel, welcome. Hey Kevin. Awesome to hear you guys
4: back in podcast format. I love the podcast the audio <laughs> road back in the day. Actually when Me you too. went to your full time other live gig from eleven to two it was kind of disappointing because we didn't have the podcast anymore.
0: I know, but
4: anyway, but anyway, all I can tell you, Kevin, I do have a question for John. Um, awesome to hear Lisa because back in the day,
0: she always said we wanted to talk to her anyway.
3: If you remember. <laughs>
0: Oh, I remember that that's part of the problem. When Lisa's call screening, I'll see all the people talking to her, and I'm like, hey, send somebody over to me. I've got a radio show to do here. (laughs) You you know what's even worse? uh, Here's what's even worse. Sometimes she just answers their question for them. Yes, yes. Lisa's good. She's (laughs) awesome.
4: Hey. Kevin, when you get going on these podcasts, are you going to have, like, I think they call it bumper music, like at the very beginning? Um, Yes. Okay. If you do, try to balance the audio volume level. Because when Mike Beckett did his show, remember he had that introductory, I'll get it out in a second, music, and I would turn his on because his audio was always way lower than the... Bumper music, so I knew I was turning on Mike Beckett, and I would forget every time, and I'd wind the volume up, and that bumper music would come on and scare the hell out of me every time.
0: (laughs) Oh, it was so So,
4: loud! Oh, it was awful. It scared me to death.
0: Yeah, so the one thing I know we've got to do better this time is, is exactly that, audio levels across the board, the caller's audio, the music, my audio, all of that. And and it's a challenge, but I, I realize that it's probably the number one thing that people comment on. So we really are going to focus on that on every show and try to make sure we get that right.
2: Okay,
4: that was just something I didn't know if you realized it.
0: Hey, John. Hey, yep. Yeah, go ahead.
4: John.
5: Yep. Yes, sir. I have a I have
4: a fourteen liter series sixty d deck four that is repaired. It does have the manifold, the coated manifold, and it has yep. the larger, non-waste-gated turbocharger. I was listening yeah, back since, yeah, since Sirius, you know, showed their ass, I've been listening to old shows, and I come across one, you were talking about the VG conversion for these kinds of engines. Would that make economy,
6: not now, not really worried about power, I got all kinds of
4: power, would that make any difference economy-wise if I considered doing something like that to this one? I don't know.
1: Um, ab- absolutely. And with Leroy back at Pittsburgh Power, I would have confidence that he could do the programming to convert you back to a VG. Um, the VGs were used for multiple reasons uh, early on. It was, they, they created enough back pressure to make the EGR effective. It was one of the biggest reasons that the manufacturers went to them but the VG also has the ability to act like a large exhaust housing and a small exhaust housing. Um, you know, it is a step down from what Joel's doing now with the, uh, with, with this, you know, with the, uh, well, I'm not forgetting the name of Joel. Compound.
2: Turbo co- compounder. Yeah.
1: Turbo compounding. Uh, but it, it, it has a similar effect though, not quite as efficient as Volvo's turbo compounding. What it does is it allows you to create a flat torque curve. Um, Steve Krohn's truck's got a 12.7 with a 14 liter VG on it that we've done very custom programming on to do that. So he basically has a a 12.7 that he could downspeed. You know, he could run that thing down to, to 900 RPM because the way we've programmed the turbo, it squeezes the, it speeds the turbo up a little bit. It allows it to create boost when the RPM falls, where normally it would go off of its efficiency curve. Um and, and you'd have to, you know, downshift and find another gear and, and make boost again. Where with the V G we could use it to make a nice create a nice flat torque curve. Um some of our first I'll be honest with you, some of our first V G conversions to Pittsburgh power while, while I was there and that that thing was kind of my baby, uh, failed because we made too much power. Uh we just spun the shit out of a turbo and we made these these things were we were getting over two thousand pound feet of torque to the ground out of a twelve seven. It was insane. And the thing was drivable and it was, was great um, until the turbo blew to bits. It created a harmonic. We I think we we're turning the thing at 140,000 RPM or something, and it would literally pop the bolt heads off of it, the bolts that hold the, the center section to the exhaust housing. So it, it 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 didn't go right at first. And then when we did Steve's truck, we went the other direction. I, I think his max setting does 450 or 475, and we go down from there. And it's all about torque. And it's all about keeping that boost curve flat and it allows it to, then to, to, that follows the torque curve follows that. We're able to run it at a much lower RPM um, to do put a turbo on there that's small enough, right. A small enough exhaust housing to run the thing at that low of speed, it would be terribly inefficient going down the highway at higher RPMs. Like it just wouldn't breathe well enough, you know, in, in other, other instances, uh, or it would overspeed the turbo or require a wastegate or something to make it work. And it's just, it just wouldn't work. But with the VG and like I said, I'd reach out to Leroy directly, um, you know, at Pittsburgh Power. But I, I would I would talk to him because he and Sean were the ones that, and myself, spent a lot of late nights in the dino room making Steve's programming work. Um, you know, Leroy wasn't even working there at the time. His team viewer in on Sean's computer and, and help us out. And you know, we we got it we got it working. Um, but the 14 leader can do the same thing. I don't know if they have a bigger in the standard 14-liter turbo, um, but, you know, it's a stock Detroit turbo we used. And on the 12.7, we went to the bigger four, the, 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 the turbo for the 14-liter, and it worked great. But, you know, if you if you take that programming and simply program the, the way the vanes work in the turbo for efficiency, it would it would make a huge difference on your truck, yes. It probably wouldn't be okay. cheap. You, you'll, you know, it wouldn't be cheap, but it, it would be worth it. Uh, well, I yeah, I, definitely I am a, a remote
4: tuner, so I am a remote okay. tuner, so that would be a little bit simpler. The question, yeah, the you, other you one about the, right the v- about the VG, yeah. the VG, the VG back then when they first come out, they had a problem with soot on the veins, and it would make the veins. Soot. Yes. I do use the catalyst. Would that yeah. kind of alleviate that? Do you think?
1: That will, that should definitely reduce that problem. And again, in the manner in which we use the the VG just to, for efficiency rather than to create back pressure for EGR and the fact that your truck's been repaired and that's no longer a factor uh the thing's run so clean you know with or without the catalyst and so efficient that that's no longer an issue on the vanes.
4: do you have any so, guess about what kind of a gain i might see possible to get doing that the VG transformation you got any guess the guy that we
3: can-
1: the guy to reach out to on that would, would be Steve. Um, I don't know if you, you could find Steve on Facebook or on Nine Malt Per Gallon Group, but reach out to Steve on that. Um, I hope he doesn't mind me sending people his direction. But, yeah, he'd be worth talking to about it. I, I hate to throw okay. numbers like that out. Um, you know, you ever yeah, listen to Bruce talks, exactly. He'll okay. give
3: you speci- spe-
1: specific numbers to tenths, and I don't agree with that. I, You know, there's so many variables. And, you know, oh, yeah. even with the VG, you're, you're the biggest variable. Your right foot would be because, you know, it, it you you could it could be better or you could probably make it worse <laughs> if you wanted to, yeah. Uh right, but it would give you the right, ability right. to, to main maintain boost at lower RPMs just whenever the engine doesn't is not is not pumping, you know, in enough air to, to keep the turbos pulled up. Uh that's when the D G comes in and, and keeps the, keeps the you know keeps some boost there for you and allows you to run at a lower RPMs is what it boils down to. So, you know, I, I hate to throw a number on it. I really do. Uh, You know, 14 liters can struggle for efficiency. Anyway, but, uh, you know, I think that there would definitely be an improvement. Like I said, there could definitely be an improvement. And I think with the stuff that Leroy's learning now, playing with his sim and and all that other stuff that he does, I think he could probably even do better than we did on Steve's truck back in the day.
4: Well, I'm not doing that bad now. I do intermodal railroad containers, which are bricks anyway. But I'm mm-hmm. still on a 30, 30 day average right now on fuel gauges, which is wintertime conditions, um, and I'm in Ohio all the time. I'm at 6.73 right now, so
1: I'm not doing that bad. No, no, but I, I I you could definitely it would probably put you over seven. I I can't imagine uh, that it wouldn't wouldn't do that. Especially if you've got the bigger turbo on there now, you're probably spinning that engine pretty fast most of the time. I think you could probably uh, have have a, have a pretty decent. Uh, um, yeah, just uh,
4: 1400, 1,400 RPM, 279 rear end, and uh, ninth gear, direct. That's, that's what
1: I'm right. doing right now yeah.
4: at 60 miles an hour.
1: Right. So, I mean, you could you could go up a gear probably, then you could start running overdrive and drop that drop that RPM.
2: That, that's what yeah. I was going to say, John, that, that when you start to move that horsepower and torque band lower, in the RPM range, then that you almost have to have a gear ratio change, whether it's in the transmission or at the the rear axle, to take advantage of that gain. Um, it, when you're making more horsepower down low, you, you need to turn that engine slower. And So if you have an overdrive available to you and you do that conversion, it sounds like we're going to make more horsepower lower in the RPM range. Right. To me, it's never about how much horsepower the engine makes, but where it makes the horsepower you know, a six hundred horsepower engine is meaningless if it's making it at eighteen or nineteen hundred RPM. If you're making four hundred and fifty horsepower at nine hundred and fifty RPM, now now we're talking. And it, it sounds like that may be what's happening when you do this VG conversion and as such, you're gonna to want to run that in overdrive. You're gonna to want to disregard that efficiency that you might gain in the transmission indirect. Because your thermal dynamics and your drag and your engine will be reduced more than the efficiency that you pick up running in direct drive, so this may be a case where overdrive is actually more efficient than uh, direct drive.
1: Oh, absolutely, and it would be proof of concept too. I mean, if you want to take advantage of that tiny bit that you get from being indirect, then you know you do a gear change eventually. But you could prove it out by running the overdrive, or even even going to double overdrive. Um, You know, so th- that's definitely a must. So that would prove, prove the concept, and that you would probably see a, a gain for sure, you know, in my, fuel mileage as well at that point. But uh, you might even find a, you know, tiny bit more by going, you know, dropping the gears as well. I know when we did Steve's truck, he went down to 250s. So, and, you know, he, he did it at the same time, pretty much at the same time we did the VG conversion on it. So he went from two sixty four to 250s.
0: So we, we dropped show. I gotta jump in here and kinda give a quick update. Um today I am gonna cut the show off right at noon only because I'm uh sitting in an R V spot that they're going to kick me out of unless I book another day. I'm, I'm not wild about sitting in Indiana for a sort of So I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut this off right at noon. Um I I gotta tell you this is awesome. Here's we're only broadcasting to a very small group right now to get everything worked out. And yet the phone lines are just slammed. I mean I have so many calls that have been waiting and it's awesome. So Thank you, the listeners, the callers. Uh, we are going to cut it off early today. We're not going to get to everybody, but uh, this is getting better and better every day. I'm excited about it. So we are going to try to grab a couple calls before the top of the hour. And uh, the other thing we're doing right now the segment, and we kind of did it because we didn't think we were going to have a lot of callers, is even though it's, you know, it's, you know what the name of the show again? <laughs> <laughs> What's trucking that?
1: technology and efficiency.
0: Trucking yeah, technology yeah, yeah. efficiency. Rice that on the back. Um I don't know why I have a block with that. Um uh, but we said, look, call in with anything. Um, you know, we'll see what happens. But we clearly have plenty of efficiency and trucking calls. We're gonna go to Eric in Illinois. Joel, I think it's a specific Volvo question for you. Eric, go ahead. Well, it is a specific Volvo
5: question. The cruise uh, um, control button on the vol- on the new Volvos has a little rubber tab on it, and that rubber tab keeps coming out. Do you have a way to to fix that, or have you experienced this problem?
2: <laughs> yeah, I have that freaking problem all the time. Oh, <laughs> I my God, to this think thing what is I could do. i on the floor
5: it. several times.
2: Yeah, it drives me nuts. Yeah, you you play with that a little bit, pop, there it goes. So now I know exactly which. No fix for that yet, but I'm I'm I've been thinking about ways to keep that thing in there. It's a pain in the butt. I think I'm going to
5: oh. super glue it, either that or uh, put some Johnson and Johnson baby powder on it.
4: I, you know, there
0: you go. It, it, I'm not familiar with this problem, but it seems to me like Sil Swift probably has a product that'll fix it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you
5: go.
1: <laughs>
5: Love the well, new what, are, what, are, what are, it's been years since I talked to Lisa and it was it was a blast in the past, man. It was like going back to two thousand eight, two thousand nine. But I hear I hear she's getting fired here soon and uh somebody somebody else is taken over.
0: Well, you know, I'll, I'll give the tribe the inside scoop. She's going to get fired because she's more popular than I am. This doesn't work. <laughs> well, we, would, we would rather talk to her. I know. I know.
3: You know, if it, it's All rough right, on Kevin,
5: Maybe I'll try some super glue on this thing and see if I can't get it to work. If it does, then I'll post it on the tribe.
2: Yeah, yeah, report back on that because if it works,
0: I'll do it too. <laughs>
5: Go. okay bye
0: there you go all right let's uh let's grab i'm just gonna go in order now so let's uh looks like uh matt welcome
3: hey good morning gentlemen uh yeah last in the past talking to lisa i don't know what she wrote in the in the call screen there but i told her we need to talk about the best loop for your rear end
0: yeah, no, she, running years ago. Ago. <laughs> she went back to another line. She says, you're in need of a mouse bumper. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like Joel was uh, hinting on earlier, that uh, current fuel prices and freight rates are actually starting to slip. I, I love every segment of you know our economy, the you know the ebbs and flows. But I think this is the most exciting time, because it actually opens everybody's mind, and you know they're they're actually interested.
2: Yeah, I, yeah I, I, I would. I would, I, I, I would agree. Yeah, there's a lot of people and, that I've been getting phone calls from lately that. You know they, and, and you know it's the guys that go, oh, your Star Wars trucking bit, you know, and this and that, and and uh, they couldn't have cared less, and now they're they're like, what do I do? How do I fix this? So yeah,
0: you're exactly right. You know, I, I'll comment on that. Like, I get accused of hoping for high fuel prices because I've made those comments over the years. But I, I do prefer a more challenging business environment. You know, if we look at the last couple of years, anybody with half a brain could buy a truck and go survive and make money doing it. And to me, it's like, what's the point here? What am I even doing? Anybody can go make money now. But when we get into these really tough environments, that that's kind of when I get excited. This is where... You know, people who work hard and put in the effort are, are will speed, and the others will fail.
2: Yeah, I, I 100% agree. It, it's how the industry kind of uh, corrects itself. It's a correction, and it washes some of the people out that haven't paid attention. They haven't done their homework, and and uh, it creates some opportunities for the people that have really been a student of efficiency and done their homework, and, and it opens up some doors and opportunities for them. There's no doubt about that.
3: Yep. Absolutely. I've seen comments online, you know, about, well, who cares what fuel does? Just, just demand a higher rate. I, I <laughs> love that <those> comment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so let, uh, let me – I mean, oh, If it's just that easy, um, the subscription for our podcast is not going to be $99 a month. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Right. It's that easy. I just, oh, you know, I need a little extra cash. I'll just raise my prices. We'll see how that works <laughs> out, for everybody. And
3: yeah, I've read uh, one article. Remember, if it was in Bloomberg or where, but just you know, one analyst or uh, um, economist, he actually predicts we could do seven dollars a gallon. Wow. Whether or not that's true, who knows? But Here's one thing to keep in mind on the political side, we have not even put any sanctions, anybody in the world has not put sanctions on Russian oil yet. So when, if they go into effect, it's going to raise the price of oil even higher.
0: Well, well. Here's the interesting thing. You're right about that. This so far had had been kind of a Republican-Democrat thing. The Republicans were calling for them to bake trash oil and pump more of our own. The interesting thing this morning, I saw an awful lot of Democrats. It's pretty far yeah. less Democrats. Like Liz Warren. Um, that right. Did I get that name right? Liz Washington? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nancy Pelosi. All yeah. said, ban Russian oil. Now they didn't go so far as saying pump more of our own. They they won't ever uh, support that, I don't believe. But they are well for a ban on Russian oil. Let, let's let's give Joe Manchin some
2: credit. Um, you know, Democrat West Virginia, who is leading this charge with the Democrats, I think. I. I watched a, a big YouTube uh, speech that he, he had given, and he he specifically said, you, you know, it's it's all of the above, not just green things. We need to we need to uh, you know use our fossil fuels as well. And he's got a lot of Democrats on board there, and it's good to see a guy like Joe Manchin. I I, I like to see a a guy out there that. Um, you know he's open-minded to to both sides of the aisle, and, and
1: uh, yeah, he's a he's great a, he's a true moderate. and Some yeah, I'm a fan of Joe too. Yeah, he's a that, that yeah. I,
0: I agree. Here's here's what we have to to pay attention to on this issue. We're probably going to get the the middle ground solution of yes, we're going to ban Russian oil. We're probably not going to get any significant production in the U.S., and even if we do, it's going to take a while to have an impact. So we all have to remember: you ban Russian oil, that drops the worldwide supply, and prices are going to climb even more.
2: There, there's no doubt, but that that needs to be done. Um, we're finding oh, some awful, I agree. awful, terrible stuff going on over there. And, and uh, so we yeah. need to get efficient. You know, this is we can help people do that. That that needs to happen. There's no sense people dying to, uh, to finance, you know, little Hitler over there. And and uh, so yeah, this, this makes makes a lot of sense. It makes, it makes
1: sense. In my yeah. my motorsport community, which you know, really rich people make go around, uh, Russian drivers who basically are only there because of their billionaire oligarch dads are being banned. Um, there, there's one Russian driver in Formula One, and the FIA said he just can't race with a Russian flag. Um, the Brits said, "No, you're, you're not racing on British soil." Period. Yeah. No matter what flag you're wow. on. So, like, they you know, the sanctioning bodies and people who, who you know sanction these races and so forth. There's a lot of politics involved and whatever, but they're really being even the athletes. Um, you know, if, if, if Genie Milk and you know, well, he's in Pittsburgh here. Uh, what's the guy in the you see Um he he's he's taken some heat. Uh you know, they're they're all you know, it's just everyone's just, just, just drawing the line. I mean, I, I think the best way to come at Putin is through through his oligarch buddies, to be honest with you. Um, you know, seizing their assets and just just, just parking their stuff and you know, they'll get to him quicker than anything that his populace will. Um so that's that's just seems to be what's going on. But like whole racing communities rallied around this. And yeah, too bad. Sorry. You know, I, I know it's not you that invaded that country, but you're not racing on our soil. You're not coming here.
0: Yeah. No, I, I agree. We do need to do that. I'm just trying to warn everybody that it looks like our solution, if it is ban Russian oil, but don't really increase production cars, that means right. we're going to deal with significantly high fuel price for a long time. So.
1: We, we should be able to absorb that because, we, from what I've read, we only three percent of the oil used in this country, three percent of the crude that we use here comes from Russia. So, if, if the price goes up extensively because of that, it's just because the oil companies are capitalizing on it. You know that. I mean, they're they're well, They take a hit in times like this. They actually go no, up. But,
0: so, yeah, re- it, remember that this is, this is worldwide supply. So we might only right. – everybody else is also taking – Europe is a ton of Russian oil. It's huge,
3: yeah. Yeah, there's a ton of
0: Russian oil, yeah. 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 And when they stop and they stop for the exact same reasons, we could – I think that's why they're talking about $7, $8 gallon fuel.
1: Right, yeah, the whole world does. And again, I that should make more sense to me than it does, but it just seems that uh, – it, 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 I wish that that was more microeconomic than macro things like that. It just shouldn't matter that much to us. I no. mean, it's it's it, you know they make money because they can, and the prices will go up as long as people keep buying it. Is what it boils down to. So you were we were we're we're in a you know it, and the 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 corporate profits of the oil companies are just just through the roof. Um uh, yeah. You know they're they're not taking any hit at all when this happens. You know. No, and, and,
0: and uh, they make more money. But. Yeah, exactly. Hey, I I love this conversation, love this show, but I I want to at least grab a couple calls so they've been okay. holding a long yeah, time. going to yeah. get to them, and then we're gonna get moving. Let's go to uh, Colorado, Bob. Welcome to the program.
7: Hey guys, how are you doing? Good. I got uh, good. I got a question about the A twenty six. My company bought a whole bunch of them trucks and. Uh, wondering if you guys know
0: anything about them. A little bit. Uh, I almost nothing about that engine. Yeah, I just wondered if it's going to be a turd or, or, or what.
7: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, well, I, under- can probably, <laughs> I can probably okay, help you with that question. Most of them have seemed to have been turds, yeah. So, I, so actually, my understanding...
1: I've read, I've read a couple... Hold on. I've so heard of a couple of A twenty sixes doing pretty well out there. Um, you know, I've had a couple of guys online on nine mile per gallon. I think there are a couple of them that have that have mentioned that they've done all right. Um yeah, I'm not sure, you know, it's definitely not the old Max Force, that's for sure. It's a whole new engine. It's a it's an
2: M A N, right? Isn't that what it is, Joel? it's it's a man. It's an older it's Um, older technology that they brought over from Europe. My understanding is is that that engine's going to be replaced by a Scania 13 liter coming out, so I don't know that it's going to be around that much
0: longer. That, that that, That was kind of my hesitation on why I don't read up on international's engines much, because they just can't even seem to settle on any strategy. I mean, we're going to build our own engine. No, we're not going to build that. We're going to take Cummins and redesign theirs and I, it's been one thing after another, and before I can even catch up with what they're doing, they're on to doing something different.
2: Yeah, I, that that engine is, wasn't necessarily designed to be downsped, and some of the comments are well, it, it runs low RPMs, and we've got to remember that downsped refers to piston speed, not necessarily the RPM and it is a very long stroke short rod design so it has high piston speed even though it's running at lower rpm um you know the guys that have it seem to like it um it, it seems to be holding up all right for the few people that i know that have it i don't think it's an optimal design for durability or fuel efficiency it's more a lightweight engine and in my experience When you start to go ultra-lightweight in a heavy-duty application, you pay a penalty in durability. Um, That's just a generic thing that I see across the board in the industry. Um, You know, the the couple of guys in the nine-mile-a-gallon club that are running it, the engine's respectable. It's it's not class-leading by any stretch of the imagination so you know it it uh it is what it is and it, it looks like that that's going to be completely phased out and replaced in the next couple of years um that's my understanding um and, and I don't have a lot of inside information obviously on that uh somebody that you know deals with international you know maybe they can expand on that and uh um you know give you, give you a little more information but uh um Run of the mill, I guess, would be a, a good way to put that. Um, with the right driver in there, it'll it'll get you some decent fuel efficiency, no doubt.
7: Well, I'm a company driver, so I mean that's not like my utmost priority. It's mainly that we haul heavy, you know, close to a hundred thousand pounds, and I just like who? Uh, wow, so that's wow. the engine you want us to use to pull that kind of weight in <laughs> uh, in Colorado, and
0: that, so I'm
7: thinking, yeah. You know, yeah, I'm thinking I'm going like a, from C fifteen to to that. I just wow was you That's, know, and of course the international truck being kind of a piece of junk anyway. I just uh, might have to bounce.
0: It'll be interesting yeah. to see how that works out. Yeah, that yeah. seems like an odd choice of engine for some of the $100,000 is not real extreme, but 100000 and you're in Colorado, that, that's, you know, that's not normal duty. That's work. Yeah. All right. We're going to grab one more call, and then I'm going to have to get out of here. Uh, let's go to the city. Patrick, welcome. Uh, Patrick? Patrick? Uh-huh. Talking to me? Hi, uh, yeah. Yep.
6: <clears throat> I didn't know I was on hold. I thought I was just listening to the show. Honestly. Uh, <clears throat> I'm glad to hear that you're going to be going to be streaming. Um, I was having some heavy withdrawals, trying to figure out what I was going to do. Uh, I'm going to get that set up uh, when I get home. Got to do it on the computer. Um, she said so. Uh, happy to hear you guys are there. Um, that's really I didn't realize I was going to be on the air, but. <laughs>
0: Well, that's, that's all right. So, uh, yeah, the we're going to work on the, the live streaming. I think we're still seeing some quality on that we'll work on that. The beauty, though, is the recordings are always going to be available, and we can even go in and fix audio issues on the recordings. So okay. the, the beauty of it now is if you're having withdrawals at 2 o'clock in the morning, you can listen if you want.
6: Okay. All righty. <laughs> I've always been trying to stream it on my phone because I had options to, you know, to hear it at different times. So even though I had radio in the truck, but, uh, this will, like I say, would be an advantage. And I have that we boost amplifier on my truck. So usually I can get oh, it good. pretty good most of the time. Um, Excellent. yeah, I definitely need the input from, from all of you and, uh, your guests. So
0: I'm happy
6: that you're going to be available.
0: All right. Well, I, I put you on the spot, so I'll cut you loose. And, uh, John and Joel, I shouldn't even ask you guys this, because if I say anything else you want to say, we'll be here for another hour. <laughs> anything you want to wrap up with in about two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: I don't have anything. I've actually got to get rolling. I'm probably a little late getting out for my next load anyway, so i got to hit the road. But uh, looking forward yeah. to doing the next one, definitely. Excellent. Yeah, me Excellent. too. Yeah, this has been
1: great, Kevin. Uh, and, and, yeah, know, we're with you, man. So whatever, whatever we need to help, uh, whatever we need, we're here. So, okay.
0: Fantastic. I appreciate it. All right. You guys did an awesome job of closing there. All right. Thanks. All right. we uh, We're going to wrap this up, everybody. We will uh, be back on Monday. That's going to give me the weekend to really work on some of this technology without all the pressure. So thanks, everybody, and we'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye.